0: Time for rolling.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? Endless55 here. We are back with another episode of Time for Rolling Esports. Um, On this episode, we are joined with Gangstars Coach Belligerent. We are very excited to have him on as our guest. We got a lot of great uh, behind-the-scenes type of information in this episode. He talks a lot about the players and their relationship and, you know, just how the whole London went and their plans for the future, so uh belligerent broke down some of the drafts they went through and talk about how things go wrong and what can happen in type of a live draft situation so just a really great episode overall uh we are you know kind of doing some fill episodes before the summer uh split does start the summer season does start um i know the season ends here spring season june mid-june so i'm sure july end of july things will be uh, picking up but that's pretty much it for I have for announcements. I guess be looking out for maybe more giveaways now that the new patch rolled out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TFR underscore esports. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoy this episode.
2: That is one trade. T-Tigers is still pretty healthy. Tries to jump in. He finds one. This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third. They might find an ace here. On to Lost Boy Top. Surrey Strike. It's not oh. that. goes down. He might go for Donna Twips. He's going to get one. He's going to get two. Lost Boy oh, Top. Oh, Lost Boy Top. He
0: does it. He gets the two versus one turnaround under the turret. He lifts This lives man too. is a god.
1: Time for rolling. All right, so we are joined now with Belligerent. He is the coach of Gangstars, kind of the new coach, a newer person, not necessarily to Vainglory, but definitely a new person in the spotlight. So we are super excited to uh, have you on the show. So thank you for joining us.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: So I know it's been a little bit. We are recording this a little later, but how was London? How was your overall experience in London? Was that your first time over there?
2: Yeah, that was actually my first time out of the country. Period. Uh, I don't count Mexico because I live in Arizona, two-hour drive to Mexico. Um, but yeah, that's I had to go get a passport and everything for that trip. So that was my first time out of the country in any way, fashion, or form.
0: So since it was your first time out of the country, what what was the uh, I guess the eating experience like? Was it different from what you? I mean, obviously it had to be a little bit different from what it was here in the states, but. You know, is there like a favorite thing you had to eat over there or anything of the sort?
2: Um, I'm not too much of an adventurous eater. So (laughs) the stuff that I did order when I went out was pretty straightforward, just burgers and stuff like that. Um, I didn't eat at too many different restaurants uh, because my budget was kind of limited. So I actually just went and bought groceries and cooked at the house that we were at most of the time. I did have a couple of meals out and. And they were decent. The, uh, the service industry out there is, is interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember listening to you on another podcast talking about how you're up to like three in the morning or 7am. I don't even know what it was. So it's probably not like you had all the time in the world to go adventure around and eat at crazy places.
2: Yeah, no, we would usually go out to eat to celebrate a win. Um, But other than that, I think we ate the first day we got there because nobody was in the mood to do anything after Uh, for me, it was like an 11 hour flight. So uh, yeah, we walked over and at least it was nonstop, right? Yeah, but uh, we we walked over and and ate at a um, a Mexican food restaurant. um, The first night we were there. But other than that, yeah, there wasn't really a lot of time to, to go out eating.
1: Yeah, so, okay, our leader here at Time for Rolling, Blico, she was over there in London, and she was asking people a question. It was kind of going on on Twitter, so I know, Blico, and also people from Time for Rolling, we want to know your official on the record. When it comes to toilet paper, are you team over, (laughs) or are you team
2: under? I actually answered this on Twitter, I think, and I couldn't find her to get the pin. First, I didn't know who I was looking for, because I had never (laughs) seen her before, and then... Uh, my last opportunity once I uh, somebody tweeted me the picture of her I was find her at the after party and I was just you know I had up 7 in the morning and then woke up and <laughs> went to sleep and woke up at like 9.30 to get ready for the event so I wasn't going to anybody's after party so I never got a chance to get her uh, but I'm on team over
1: alright well you don't have a pen so we will try <laughs> and get you one of those
0: so alright sounds good team over at the next <laughs> event
2: Absolutely.
0: All right, so let's get into the the good stuff here, like diving into how you actually became the coach for Gang Stars. Um, what what does an application for a coaching position look like as far as what what it was with Gang Stars?
2: Uh, the application was I just sent them a resume, um, and I included on the resume I included some of the stuff that I had been involved in in the community, which was primarily my work on Vainglory Fire, doing the uh, build guides to kind of uh, demonstrate that I understood the game on like the statistical level and the how to play it level. Now let's be clear, my mechanics suck. So I'm nowhere near uh, pro level as far as a player goes, but I understand the game. So I just sent them a resume um, as far as the application was concerned.
1: Yeah, so I kind of saw on Twitter, um, I know I saw you uh, vocalizing and saying some things as well, but uh, Tempo Storm had tweeted out they had a position open and, you know, uh, the applicant had to be at least uh, tier eight. So I was wondering if you want to talk about like, your opinion on if it's important to be a certain skill tier in a situation like this and if, if you're not tier eight, you're not qualified for a certain position.
2: Um, I See, I didn't see them tweet that you needed to be tier eight i know they did for the writer but i didn't notice it for the coach but uh so but i do know that they they use that standard so i'm just not saying that you're wrong i just didn't see it uh for the coach but
1: uh, it was for the writer yeah that's what I was referring yeah to.
2: yeah um you know i obviously i'm i see it both sides because uh i wouldn't qualify to be one of those high tier players um like I wouldn't even qualify for the tempo storm Rider position, yeah. uh, to, to be transparent. I am not a tier eight. Uh, the highest I have been is tier seven. I, Same. I personally don't think putting t- tier requirements on it is the best way to go about it. Because again, using myself as an example, my tier, does not you know my mechanic ability does not demonstrate my understanding of the game right um but i can see it on the other on the flip side of the coin uh having gone through the experience that i've had with uh, gangstar so far there are things that i have learned through the process and still have to learn um you know not having played at the the highest levels in this game there are some times where i have seen things work but they don't necessarily work at that level. Uh, so there is somewhat of a disconnect there. There is something that you're missing out, but I also think that there are high tier players that don't, you know, they don't necessarily perform. Right. You know, I don't think it, it um, demonstrates your abilities. And in esports, as far as being a coach is concerned, most of it is managing personalities yeah i mean these yeah. these guys didn't get to the pro level because they don't know the strategies of the game and how to play right it's it's mostly managing personalities so i don't think that putting a skill tier requirement i i think it hampers your search i think you're if a organization decides to go that direction there are Hamstringing themselves as far as the potential talent that they could find, and one of you know one of my favorite examples to use, and Gangstar's actually used it when they published uh, their coaching search, and I had used the metaphor with a million people in a million different situations. But let I mean let's be honest, Bill Belichick has never thrown the football like Tom Brady, right. and he never will. And the fact that he can't doesn't mean he can't coach Tom Brady.
1: That, that's definitely a great quote. And that kind of leads into another question I had thought about was, you know, comparing you to another coach, uh, example, Jason from Hammers. He works with some kids that are much, you know, younger, some younger kids. And while you, on the other hand, you work with more adults or more, more older and more mature. So I was wondering what it was like going into a group of guys who are more older and like have a really close group and like how that process was of having them, you know, trust them or trust you and get to know them and how that whole relationship kind of started off.
2: Yeah, so when I went into this, I was fully prepared for them to doubt me. Uh I, I expected it. I mean, I when when you're a player at this level and you've been kind of playing video games all your life and probably never with a coach, and obviously Gangstars, you know, didn't have a coach at the beginning of the season. I was totally prepared for the uh attitude of we got this far without, you know, somebody telling us how to do this, why do we need it now um, perspective. So I was kind of prepared for the worst with them. Um, They were actually very open to the idea for the most part. There was was definitely a period of gaining their trust. And because I had prepared myself for that and I knew, you know, I, I didn't think that I was just, you know, hot stuff because i i suddenly was the gangstars coach um i went in there i didn't try and force myself on them i was you know kind of i took my time kind of inserting my opinions i started pointing things out on kind of a smallish level and then you know as the season went on we kind of worked uh more and more you know uh, i think it's kind of public knowledge now that the last week of the season uh they gave, they turned over draft to me completely, yeah. at least for that week. Um, you know, so it was it was a process going through it. So you know, working, I, you know, I met Jason from Hammers out in London, and we talked a little bit and you know discussed some of the challenges he had. But I've never worked with kids the age that he's working with, okay. so I don't I can't really compare it, at least on this level. So I can't really compare how younger players might be receptive or unreceptive to a coach coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it was challenging. I'm not trying to say that any of any of our guys were difficult and I'm not being politically correct about that. They weren't difficult. They were all open to my input. Um, But there was definitely a period of time of earning their trust.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was uh, kind of a question I wanted to throw at you and kind of put you on the spot. Because I know when my brother and I, when we play Vainglory, we're in the same room. You know, he's my captain. He's my roamer. He's the one that keeps me alive. Therefore, I put all the blame on him. I always yell at him. He's always <laughs> my what? fault. Always my fault. <laughs> so even when it's clearly my fault, I got too aggressive, I blame it on him. So I was wondering from your standpoint, out of out of Zeno, Rek, and Iraqi, who is most likely to get angry and blame someone else, if you can answer it?
2: Oh, who's most you know i <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough question uh i th- i think they've probably i mean they're they have a really good kind of uh synergy together i think they have probably equally called each other out at different points in time um i guess i would have to make it a tie between wrecked and iraqi just because Zeno is a little quieter right. of a guy um
1: one of my favorite and, things is watching Zeno get really tilted on stream and just get so mad at people he plays with. <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't act like that with his team because he's closer with them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Zeno has a, a a streamer personality, I think. He's a little more toned down behind the scenes um, when it comes to that stuff. But he, he definitely, I mean, he will speak his piece, but I think it's probably Rekt and Iraqi who are are the more vocal about disagreeing about something happening. Um, But Iraqi is, you know, he's the shot caller and he's really good at it. And he's really good at explaining things to the guys. Um, And, you know, I saw a lot of development out of him from the time when I started until, you know, the end of the season. As far as when I first came in, you know, one of the things that I identified as the team's weakness is they were over-aggressive unnecessarily. And uh, that was something that we worked on. So some of that caused some disagreements amongst the guys. Um, They, for the most part, they were really good at following the shot call. They would just get into... Uh, disagreements about whether it was the right shot call or not after the fact Um, and so a lot of it for me was kind of playing mediator in those situations talking him through and kind of trying to come to a consensus as a group as far as who was right and who was wrong
1: so yeah Gangstars has been you know around for a long time and they're kind of one of the originals homegrown organizations so I was curious what it's like, you know, working with Paul, and you know, does he still have a big role? Because I know he used to be involved a lot more in esports and with the players. I didn't know if he kind of takes a seat back now and lets the players and you know, the coach, analysts, and all of them do more of the work, or if he still is kind of directly involved with the team.
2: Um, it's hard to know because I only know from when I started. Okay. Uh, as far as what he used to do and what he does now, I know now he's kind of more of the behind the scenes guy uh as far as you know making things happen for the Oregon general mm-hmm. um he still does give his input on the vanglory team but for the most part he i mean he's it's not like he's there for our practices um at least not in the discord and <clears throat> excuse me uh I don't I don't like hear him in the background while we're practicing yeah. so for the most part, he's kind of a hands-off, uh, position at this point. Um, he, he deals with me a lot. I don't, I can't really say more than he does with the guys cause I don't know what he does with them on kind of a private one-on-one thing. But when he has questions about, you know, why are we doing this or why are we doing that? Right. He always brings them to me, uh, for the most part. Um, you know, and that's always fun when we uh, we we mess up a draft or something or we draft something he wasn't expecting. I always get the uh, the question of, you know, what in the hell were you thinking type thing, <laughs> you know, but that's how it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you bring that to the coach, the coach, you know, takes the blame for it and then tries to fix it with the team. So so,
0: so you and Rex get the most blame is what you're saying then, basically. <laughs> Yes, Because me yes. as a roamer, you know, I get I to blame all the time, too. So yeah. I, I
2: well, like it's always the captain's fault, right? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I main the captain position, too. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's always, how come you didn't fountain me? Well, dude, I just did it 10 seconds before. You can't just immediately jump back in and expect me to have it ready again. Or the
1: how
0: how you buy your items, whether it's fountain first or crucible or atlas. <laughs> You're like, well, you don't have that yet? I'm like, well, I'm working on it, all right? I Jeez.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep yep i know how that goes
0: all right so i know some of the players have been doing some traveling on their time off um i believe Zeno kind of stayed over there um what have you been doing on your time off besides doing obviously some podcasting uh
2: my time off as far as the game is concerned has just been primarily uh developing new ways to new analytics to look at i guess uh, new things that i want to track uh, with the game and with the you know the competitive scene so i've been doing a lot of like spreadsheet work and data mining and things of that nature uh, we haven't done anything as a team to this point they actually all three of them went traveling not just Zeno, you know, um afterwards so
1: all that's
2: primarily um i believe so i know i saw xeno tweeted he was back iraqi is back in toronto which i believe is where home is for him outside of the whole team house thing um and Rec doesn't tweet as far as i've seen so i have no idea if he's back yet or not i literally haven't heard from him since the last day of the 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 tournament so
1: well hopefully he's still around and hasn't left bangor (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) yeah no i'm sure he's fine but i know he and his uh his girlfriend went uh, visiting other places you know all three of them took yeah. advantage of that trip out to London so yeah,
1: definitely I mean, I'm sure they've been working hard and they definitely deserve a little time off and since you're over there you might as well take advantage of that absolutely um, another thing I was kind of curious about you know picking your brain about having you on as a coach is maybe walking us through how the whole you know film works and how when you guys watch the games you know you know in the back of my mind I'm back in high school football and the team coach is just sitting there yelling at us because we all suck so I was kind of wondering what you have to do since you know you're on Discord and how that whole conversation goes when you watch, um, you know, watch these matches and either other teams' matches or your own past matches.
2: Uh, we spend most of the time primarily looking at our own matches. Um, we'll watch it through and then, with, it it's usually usually looking at team fights that we lost and then we'll kind of, we'll watch it through and then rewind it and kind of talk through what the better approach might've been, or just determined, you know, it was just a, you know, somebody didn't hit the right button at the right time or whatever it is. So it's, it's similar to high school football film review. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the difference between this and kind of, a football film review is in football like the play is drawn up so you know what everybody's supposed to be doing as where this one is it's more just kind of spur of the moment the fight breaks out how do we react so it's kind of going yeah it's kind of going through each situation uh point by point and determining what we could have done better um you know and for some of that especially uh early on when i came on it was you know maybe we just shouldn't have pick this fight in this spot at all um so it it, it's really that and you know i i point i'm i'm kind of a picky person so i point out a lot of the little things like you know you didn't check this bush for a mine so they knew exactly where you were all the time and stuff like that so
0: so so during this time do i guess do the players kind of um point out like their own mistakes or um how do they communicate with that like who's the most vocal during this time
2: Iraqi is definitely the most vocal during this time. Um, Like I said, he's our shot caller. He's uh, he has the potential, in my opinion, to be probably the I mean, it's hard to know because you can't hear comms from any of the other teams. But uh, in my opinion, I think he has the, the potential to be the best shot caller in the game just because the entire match, he's just talking them through exactly how they need to approach each team fight um and then so when we go through these video reviews it's it's pretty much the same thing um he he's the most vocal he kind of talks them through you know we should have done this or this differently and and things of that nature um so it's it's really iraqi who's the the vocal one as far as that's concerned
1: yeah i mean i know this is a little off topic but just watching other esports like specifically like during Halo championships when they during those matchups they kind of go in live on those teams during those matchups and those players are constantly talking they're calling out positions even if they're kind of pointless and useless so it would be kind of interesting to see how during these matchups what you know Iraq and all of them are saying and if they're just saying crazy things like oh I'm up 10 CS or like you know just little information that they may think oh I'm going to be ahead this next team fight and I'm sure the conversation just never stops there's really no time to be quiet during these matchups
2: yeah, it was really that was one of the most eye opening things for me when I got to get involved in this and just see how they handled the match. You know, I'm like, there's nowhere near this much communication when I play with my friends. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> right. And it's just, yeah, every little thing, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really remarkable how much communication is going on. Um, with this stuff. I, I know that I have had friends and things like that say that they wish that they could just, you know, get to listen to a match. um, The, the communications of a match. So I think that would be, I don't know if the, the teams would be for it. I mean, that's kind of something on each org individually, but I think that would be something interesting for Fanglory to add to their broadcasts um, is kind of the team comms. I know they, they, I don't know if they could do it for, like, the VG8 and stuff, but I think for the live events, they would be able to. Yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, Yeah.
1: Okay, so the next thing we wanted to do was kind of go back to um, the Spring Championship and break down two specific matchups that Gangstars had. It was against Team Secret. Uh, You guys started out strong, won that first game, and then you guys kind of struggled and lost the next two. And then you end up winning the series. So I kind of wanted to break down these matchups with you, walk through these drafts, and kind of get you know behind the scenes so the listeners can kind of hear what goes through your guys' conversation on stage and how you decide and make some of your decisions, which can maybe help some of our listeners when they're doing their own uh, ranked gameplay. So this first matchup, after you guys had won the first, uh, Gangstars is on side A. Uh, you guys start right away by banning out uh, Kestrel, and then Team Secret goes ahead and bans out... Um, kashka so you know at the time was uh kestrel to someone that was strong uh on team secret
2: yeah so it, the the funny thing and i don't know if anybody noticed it but i believe uh for the first two days the only person we banned first was kestrel um that's because tempo storm has Hyde, and nobody wants to give Hyde kestrel right. <laughs> and, you know and uh you know last year iraqi was actually in the eu a team for gangstars so yep. he had some knowledge um, of that, and apparently their um, their jungler, uh, I am Doom, I am the Doom, yep, um, is very strong on Kestrel. So we just decided to take that away again. So yeah, Kestrel was the target ban because of that reason.
1: So then the first pickups, kind of what we saw a lot throughout uh, the VG8 was the healers get picked up. You guys decided to go with the Daggio. Uh, Team Secret goes in and picks up Lyra. Uh, then, so going in these second bands, after looking at these first pickups, you guys ban away Sky and then they ban away Blackfeather. So, you want to talk about your decision on the specific healer you picked and then why you banned away Sky?
2: Okay, so for us, Adagio is a really strong flex pick. Uh, Iraqi, it might be Iraqi's best, if not best, probably top two or three as far as his uh, lane characters. Um, so, and then Wrecked is solid on Adagio. I prefer to see him on more aggressive type captains, but he's very solid on Adagio as well. Uh, so we picked Adagio and the thing probably to note about these drafts against secret is that we went into it specifically wanting to show different, uh, drafts as opposed to what we had done against tempo storm. So we go, We went into this knowing that the drafts that we had planned were not our strongest picks necessarily and not our strongest drafts. Um, and we had that to fall back on. Cause uh, like you already mentioned, and I've mentioned on a couple of other interviews, uh, we were up till 3am planning our draft for tempo storm. And out of that, we only used two scenarios that we planned up the Rona match against tempo storm was right. not one that we had uh matched up but we just saw a place to put it in um so adagio uh we picked because uh you know the flex value and um also leaving it and that that's why we pick adagio over the lyra yeah uh generally is because we can flex it And then
1: the so sky ban.
2: the sky ban was because we were planning on picking cruel and i believe i don't i don't remember one, right yes we had picked cruel game one I, I don't remember that draft right off the top of my head but yeah we did we did pick cruel uh game one and did very well with it uh so we we, we went with the sky ban um just because we were gonna it was either cruel or grumpjaw at this point um and sky plays well into both of those Uh, They ended up taking the Grumpjaw next um, from us. But like I said, uh, this wasn't necessarily what our premier drafts were typically because we don't – if you watched our drafts during the the whole tournament, we don't let Grumpjaw get past first pick most of the time. Yeah. So – we were just trying to show different things to make whoever had to plan for us on day three, have more stuff they had to plan for. So I think the sky band, the sky band was probably targeted because we wanted to pick up Grumpjaw If they let it through.
1: Okay. Cause I mean, we saw, we saw, you know, do extremely well in that weapon power cruel. And in this game, uh, he gets on more of that crystal utility. Since you do go ahead and pick up that Gwen, uh, team secret finishes out there with you. Like you said, that Grumpjaw and Baron. So, you know, Zeno kind of has to switch from that mindset of having a lot of weapon, you know, power damage and going over to more utility, which I don't know if that's maybe why he struggled in this game. Or, I mean, after this draft, going into it, how did you feel? Did you guys feel you were had an advantage or did you just think that you had to execute this perfectly for it to work?
2: I felt great until I sat down in my seat. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I take complete responsibility for this draft Uh, screw up Um, we picked cruel because we have been very successful playing cruel into Grumpjaw. however that's a weapon power cruel that we've had success with
1: right
2: like the gwen pick was not part of our planned draft okay uh we got there to the third pick and iraqi got a little excited that gwen was still on the board and hadn't been banned or picked at that point, so he wanted to go with the Gwen. He and he likes playing Gwen. I don't. I I think he has better win rates on other carries, but that's one of his comfort picks is the Gwen. Um, and so it, it it's also, I believe it's a strong pick for Team Secret. So it was kind of doubling down there. Um, and so he noticed that that was still on the board. And so we kind of got excited around the one character as opposed to looking over the entire yeah. draft. And like I said, I, that's my job, why I'm up there. Uh, and I take full responsibility for missing that. So as soon as I sat down in my seat, I went, Oh no, uh, <laughs> because I didn't even notice it. And my first thought was, I hope they don't notice it either. And I hope they go double weapon. Cause I think if we go double weapon, we win this match. Um, uh, because we picked Kroll and it's the weapon power Kroll that will counter the Grumpjaw. Um, he'll sustain longer, uh, against the Grumpjaw when they go head to head. We've tested it several times and I think we've been successful every time that we've, uh, scrimmed with it. And then when I sat down and realized that we picked Gwen, we should have picked a captain yeah like you know glamorous. probably yeah like a lance or a finn or somebody uh other than that but we you know th- the adagio i guess kind of bit us in the butt because of, it is a flex pick and sometimes we <laughs> you know we're a little too eager to flex that to our you captain to
1: strong and lay on that and if you put Zeno back on the weapon i guess finn would be smart because you can then you're not going to get stuffed by grump jaw so
2: yeah, Finn would have countered the grump jaw very well. Plus the, the quibble stun once he reaches level eight uh, would help those uh, engages there, and the, um, you know, the polite company to give Kroll that extra fortified health would have helped those engages. Um, but Lance would have worked. Um, you know, we just this one we just we kind of just you know, through the draft by picking the Gwen, you know, it was it was funny. The, the, the analysts had said in a couple of different scenarios uh, throughout this tournament that we threw the draft. Uh, this is one they should have said it and they would have been right. Cause we threw the draft with that Gwen. So yeah, that was just an, an oversight and tunnel vision on one specific character was why this draft went bad. Yeah.
0: All right. So moving on to the second game here, um, we see Team Secrets on side A, and then you guys are on side B, obviously. Uh, we see the same bands come out for the first one, the Kashka and the Kestrel, like you had said that um, you pretty much banned out that Kestrel every time. Um, so, is it the same thought process here as far as that was going, or what was going on?
2: Here? Yeah, it was just targeting because we knew that Tricky was a, a rookie, essentially. Uh, he was subbing in for Leon, and we actually believing that we were going to face G2, uh, on day two. Yeah. Uh, cause we, we thought that hammers was going to beat immortals. Yep. Uh, so we thought that we were going to face G2. We actually did one scrim against uh, team secret. Um, and so I, I guess they communicated to Iraqi after the scrim that tricky was not feeling well and was, you know, like throwing up in the bathroom. And we read that as he's just really nervous. Uh, as opposed to being sick so uh we just wanted to uh target i'm the doom and put him on things that weren't comfort picks for him
0: right okay so Uh so for the next pickups though you we got adagio and lyra again same thing with that as far as
2: yeah same thing with that i think if we weren't specifically trying you know if we weren't uh trying to specifically show different things in our draft. That probably is a grump job pick there instead of the Adagio. Um, we may have even picked Lyra, but it was, it was essentially whichever healer they left right. on the board. We were gonna, we were gonna pick up, um, we didn't anticipate them leaving both on the board. Had they left both on the board, we'd probably go for the double healer unless they ban it in the second round. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the same thinking with the adagio pick up there.
1: Yeah, and then we see, you know, Team Secret once again, they go ahead and they ban out Blackfeather. Is that probably just specifically targeting is that targeting Iraqi or that would that be Zeno?
2: That's probably I'm going to guess targeting Zeno since they went Kashka and then they went Blackfeather. They're probably targeting his comfort picks there. Uh, considering how well he performed on Blackfeather throughout the season although you know the last several weeks of the season specifically when i came on board um we have been going less and less to the black feather not because it's a bad pick but because i have been specifically trying to push these guys to widen their hero pool um, but i'm gonna guess that that is a, a ban against xenotech
0: okay yeah makes sense um, so then we see that uh, you guys go ahead and ban out Vox. Was that because you guys were trying to set up more picks there at the end then, or what was the process with that Vox ban? Uh,
2: the Vox was was targeting Tricky, no, Double, you know, again. again. Yep. Um, uh, and then our very next pick is the Baron. So he's, from what we know, he's kind of known for his Baron and his Vox. Uh, so we, take, we ended up taking both of those away with that. And again, trying to make the rookie feel uncomfortable. Right.
1: Gotcha. I mean, that Baron was, I know on the desk, they definitely had, no one really liked it. Uh, Iraqi on that Baron has kind of always been a question. Some people don't know if he is, you know, able to play Baron as comfortable as someone else. So, you know, I was definitely interested to see if, you know, you were trying to maybe take away Baron away from Tricky, but would it be strong enough for Iraqi still to perform at the level he does on some of the other heroes? Uh,
2: Baron is a very strong pick for Iraqi. Uh, however, Iraqis, I would say probably Iraqis' top weakness as far as uh, being a carry is his positioning. I think he's really solid on on most of the other aspects to the game. But yeah. when his positioning is on point, he's really difficult to deal with. <laughs> um, and on Baron, when his positioning is on, uh, he's really strong on Baron. Uh, but it is one of those... Characters that makes you much more susceptible to being out of position uh, kind of like sky um, We they they like sky a lot in a lot of our draft scenarios They want to pick sky, but we are not successful on sky um, I don't know why I haven't taken the time to go back through all the videos where we've played sky and figure it out But my assumption is things like the surrey strike put us out of position With the sky. And Baron is much the same character. You know, you jump jets into the wrong place and you're out of position. You're going to be in trouble, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean, they end with Ringo, you guys end with Glaive, the matchup doesn't work out for you guys, and you guys fall two to one, so at this point, you know, us NA people are having heart
2: attacks, but you know, (laughs)
1: these these next few matchups, I think you guys definitely get your drafts kind of back to where you're comfortable with, and I mean well
2: just to yeah just to clear clarify one thing I actually like our draft here I think yeah, we man. win this draft we just didn't perform on it Okay this yeah. one to to me this one is not like uh, match 2 where we just messed up the draft uh, I think that we have the stronger draft in this comp right here um we just didn't perform properly part of that is putting Xenotech on a utility jungler uh, really hampers our damage output so it puts a lot on iraqi is where as far as kills and damage are concerned xenotech is probably the one who carries us in that sense uh, most of the time so put having him on a full carry jungler makes us stronger Uh, putting him on a utility glaive uh, make you know puts everything on iraqi and that's difficult for any team to do uh, you saw, I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why Hammers lost to Immortals is because they tried putting T-Tigers on Utility Grumpjaw. And yeah. T-Tigers is, you know, T-Tigers is their carry right. on that team, but he can't when you put him on a Utility. And I actually went back and watched this match um, last night, and a lot of it was... Uh, Zeno playing his utility glaive like a carry glaive. Yep. Uh, he was getting out of position a lot and just trying to brawl as where with the utility glaive, it's more about picking somebody off with your afterburn and letting your captain and your carry burst them down. Um, so there was some, some poor positioning because he was a utility jungler and not playing it correctly. Um, but I I think in this draft, scenario i think we win the draft um the only other option i think we had to go with this draft the way it played out is we could have played the sky instead of the glaive i think that would have been strong but we haven't performed on the sky so that's not a strong pick for us but i thought that we won this draft we just didn't perform and it really came down to uh, the two team fights right at the end uh, all it took was them to get one Kraken push, and yeah. us to have two poor team fights, and we lose this match. It wasn't, it wasn't like uh, match two, if I remember that match correctly, where we just got dominated. Um, this match was five to six uh, yeah, before the before the Kraken got taken out, and then we we just made some some poor positioning errors and lost the team fights.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it definitely can get exciting when we see Zeno on maybe a carry. We did see him play a weapon power glaive and honestly put on a clinic about how to play him. And, you know, that can be hard when you go from one match where you're playing more, you know, safe. you need to set up plays for your carry and captain compared to where, you know, you can just run in there and destroy everyone.
2: Yeah, that was the uh, double heel weapon glaive, which was actually game five of the same matchup yeah. where both uh, Fuji and Tasty Bacon were questioning heavily exactly. the Glaive. <laughs> and then Xenotech goes out by himself and has more kills than there are minutes in the match. Oh, that so was that, was that, crazy. Was, that was nice, yeah. They did, of course, have to give us that heart attack there where they got aced uh, near the end of the game. Uh, but other than that, it was completely dominant with him on a on a carry.
1: Yeah, well, so, I mean, you guys do win this. You move on uh honestly we, we do want to say congrats i don't know if we actually did but you guys did get second in london so we yeah. do want to say congrats to you even though you did just kind of join but i know you still did put a lot of hard work in and that definitely needs to be recognized
2: yeah, yeah well thank you for that uh obviously we want to take first um yeah. i i don't i don't care what our performance is leading into anything but my mindset is only first i'm not happy with anything other than first but second is a great consolation prize um You know and and to be honest if the if the bracket plays out a little different maybe we don't even make it that far you know i know there's a lot of people that uh will question how the bracket played out because we didn't have to go through tsm like we thought we were going to but all we can do is play the bracket that's in front of us exactly so you know we did and we ended up taking second so
0: cool so, what can we expect from uh, gangstars in the future here with the summer split approaching? Like, um, will we see Rex maybe moving into the house with the other
2: guys? Is that possibly on the horizon, or what? Can what can you tell uh, us? I honestly don't know what the house situation is right now. Okay. Um, I'm not that. That seems quite possibly like one of the bigger question marks to me. Um, I don't know what's going on with that right now, because, uh, like I said, Iraqi is in Toronto right now. Right. Uh, right. You know, Xenotech has been uh, making some tweets about finding a place. So I don't, I have no insider knowledge as far as what the org's uh, approach to the whole team house thing is going moving forward. Okay. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Uh, And again, there's still, I mean, until the ninth, I believe, is when teams have to lock in their rosters. Yeah. I don't even know if it's going to be the same three guys. So I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not involved in any of that type of stuff. Um, I'm guessing it's probably going to be the same three guys. Um, I am expecting a lot of roster changes from teams, uh, during this break, but I haven't, I don't think I've seen any necessarily yet. So, except for, yeah, I think, uh, tribe lost somebody i think but they're in the challenger so i don't know if
1: gone i know echo does finally release echo fox released their kind of lineup they're also in challengers though
2: no no they just picked up they just picked up uh uh los baboons Baboons, so they're back into the VG8, which is kind of a weird scenario that i don't understand but (laughs) Uh, you know, it, it, energy did the same thing. They, their team was stuck in challengers, and then they picked up giraffes, so now they're back in VG8. So, I, I don't, I don't have the understanding I would like to have as far as how all of that works.
1: You just coach uh, what they put in front of you, and that's all you care. About. Right, right.
2: So, um, until the ninth, uh, the rosters aren't locked in, so I don't know if there's going to be roster changes for our team or not. Uh, I do know that as far as our team's concerned moving forward, I would like to see us broaden our hero pool. Um, okay. We we did a lot of that in prep for London, you know, after the season ended. So those, whatever it was, two or three weeks leading into London, um, you know, I was putting these guys on all different types of comps. They were actually performing very well on them. Uh, some of it was me just experimenting to see what would work and what wouldn't work. And some of it was me, uh, picking things that I wanted to see them play and see them get better at. And some of it was just learning what they were actually good on compared to what their comfort picks are, right? Like I already knew what their comfort picks were going in. Um, if anybody watched us all season, we already knew that Iraqi likes Adagio, right? But let's find out what else you're good at um so i did a lot of that i honestly think that stuff like that putting them in situations that they weren't exactly comfortable with helped them get through actually game four here against team secret because we didn't have a good draft in game four but they managed to fight through it and pull it out um but i want to see us expand our hero pool because in my opinion that's why we got blown out by c9 they're very difficult to draft against because anything that we draft they can counter just because their hero pool is enormous i think glaive can play every captain carrier uh, every captain hero there is and a couple that aren't even captains uh like baptiste so it's it's just it's really difficult going against c9 when you don't have the same size hero pool as they do yeah well Uh, uh... no go ahead
1: it's gonna be exciting for the future in general with you guys. It doesn't really matter, uh, you know who's on there. I hope it's the same three guys. It's a fun time watching Zeno, Rye, and Iraqi get up there and play, and I hope they continue to improve. And I hope the coaching thing, you know, continue works out for you. I know it's probably a lot of work. Probably most people don't realize what you have to do and the amount of prep you do. So uh, even though you're not the one necessarily performing, uh, I'm sure the players appreciate it. And you know, just good luck and summer all together and. Thanks for coming on this podcast with us and talking about some Bangalore.
2: No, oh, for sure. Thanks, thanks, and uh, thanks for having me on.
1: All right, we'll see you later.
2: All right, have a good one.
1: I hope you guys enjoyed this episode twenty-two of Time for Rolling Esports. We would like to thank one more time Belligerent for coming on. Really great conversation. Uh, super nice guy. Um, you know, Gangster's are really lucky to have someone on their coaching staff like him. Uh, coming up in the future, we are. Uh, spring season was actually just extended by one week. I don't know if that's going to push back the start time of the summer uh, season or not. I know, uh, well, I'm recording this right now on the 8th, so tomorrow all rosters will be locked in. We will know the rosters for each of these teams coming into the summer split. Pretty excited to see which team will, uh, you know, all the new roster changes, the new uh, players on each teams. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, where players are going, a lot of rumors, so I'm excited to for that and i just uh can't wait for this summer split coming up but that's pretty much it for this episode uh, once again i hope you guys enjoyed it thank you for listening uh, until next time cheers time for rolling